This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I have a special guest, the Chief Revenue Officer and U.S. CEO at Babbel, which is perfect for me because a lot of people say that I babble along. That's why we keep these podcasts short to stop me from babbling. But Julie Hansen is the CRO and U.S. CEO of Babbel. Welcome to The Playbook. Thanks, David. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, you are yourself uh, a teacher, nonetheless, meaning that you have, throughout your career, helped other people uh, bring the best out of them, but also explain to them. And you've done it in a similar world to me in sports uh, a lot of times and utilize, which is great. Um, and now Babel Live teaches uh, these classes to help people with a variety of different topics. Um, so I wanted to start there about the differentiator between all these mentors out here, coaches, but there is a difference in my opinion between mentoring, coaching, and actually teaching people things. Uh, how do you see the differentiator between those three throughout you know, your career um, with all the different things that really have taught so many people so many things? Yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. The, um, you know, we have hundreds of these teachers in Babel Live, and they're straight up certified, trained language teachers. And they, in a way, do all of those things. But the, the, the key thing that they're responsible for is imparting information, you know, getting what's in their brain about a language into yours and in, empowering you to speak it. So I think that's clearly um, the one thing the teachers are tasked with doing is sharing the information and ensuring that you consume it and can act on it. Um, you know, mentors and coaches, um, they can do some of that too, but it's a lot more about the guidance. Um, I mean, the mentors often, I feel like, are... Um, helping you sometimes just by showing you what to do yeah. um, and allowing you to ask questions, but not necessarily telling you what to do in the same way a teacher might do. Um, and a coach is somewhere in between where they are giving you specific feedback, um, but also helping you develop yourself. Um, and I was just talking about this yesterday, actually, one of my favorite business books is called The One Thing You Need to Know. Um, by, I think it's Marcus Buckingham. And it's about the at the essence of the book is about the difference between managing and leading, which we often do both of in our daily lives and our daily work lives. But, you know, when I, I love to interview people for managerial jobs and look for that thing that only a good manager can do. And they, you cannot fake this, but it is like the taking joy and pleasure in other people's success, knowing that you have helped someone along their way, you have advanced their career, you've you've um, given them a path to success and helped them succeed. Um, the good managers bring out the best in their people. Right. And, and you can't fake that. <laughs> right. And, and to that end about faking, you know, obviously we have a lot of technology and assistance with technology when it comes to localization or languages. And we'll see even greater capability and with AI, a lot of people, and I've been blessed um, since 1992, I've been involved in technology when even Justice Scalia 
of the Supreme Court told me nobody will ever do research on a computer, that you need <laughs> books. Um, and I remember telling him, and I was in my early 20s, I graduated law school, was blessed to get this extraordinary job to put legal research online from the world's biggest legal publisher. I said, you know, the problem with technology is people see it as their master, that it's gonna do everything for them instead of its servant. Um, and those who understand things like chat GPT today and uh, other resources that technology enhances, what I see Babel is that it still utilizes technology as its servant, uh, but you are the servant leader. You're the master of the technology. Um, and we still need teachers, coaches, and mentors in order to facilitate the use of a variety of things that are taught by Babel. Um, what are some of those uh, technological and otherwise that are utilized and taught by Babel uh, that allow us to enhance, but not necessarily replace? Yeah, this is such a hot topic at the moment. Really good question. You know, Babel has always used tons of technology to teach a language. You know, there's machine learning built into the app to ensure that you have the right sequence and repetition. There's, um, you know, artificial intelligence basically in the speech processing to recognize language, et cetera, et cetera. It's baked throughout the product. But we're in this moment where, you know, these artificial, um, the chat GBTs of the world have just exploded. And I think we're still deciding how exactly we wanna incorporate that into the product. Um, because one thing we know about language learning is that, well, actually two things. We know that you need multiple methodologies of language learning, that just listening or just speaking, just using an app, just writing, like none of those work on their own exclusively. You need to, even immersion where you go and live in a country, you know, you'll do better if you, you're hearing it and you're writing it. And, and so multiple learning methodologies is really critical to language mastery, um, but also that people need guidance. It's very confusing. We don't know how we learned a language in the first place. You know, we do it as children without any effort. And so it's very hard to do as a grown-up. by contrast. So we, we know we need multiple methods and we need guidance. Any use of AI that Babel incorporates, it needs to be baked into the product in a good guidance kind of a way, not in like an add-on or a replacement way. And I think that's what we're trying to figure out is how do we weave AI-driven experiences into the product, taking advantage of that guidance, building progressively on what you're learning um, versus just sort of throwing it at users, if that makes sense. And it certainly does in, you know, in the context of transitioning locations, countries, uh, jobs, uh, it becomes also a necessity to do it at speed uh, to accelerate the learning process. And that's one of the values that I've seen and heard about Babel is how quickly we can adapt uh, languages and learn them. And one of the areas that were so important as uh, I'm trying to support opportunities uh, with Ukrainian refugees. Uh, my grandparents were from the Ukraine myself and trying to mm -hmm. give back. Um, but you can't be gracious, forgiving, or accountable if you're not effectively communicating. Uh, and so the speed in which we can get people to understand and communicate effectively is essential. Um, and I know you guys are working specifically with courses for Ukrainian refugees and uh, what types of uh, adaptation have you seen when it becomes 
you know, not a luxury, but a necessity to survive, to learn a language and to transition in that effect. Yeah, that's been an amazing project for us. You know, we as a company possibly err on the deliberate side in many ways. You know, we don't rush into projects, but when the Ukrainian, when the war broke out in Ukraine, we, we dropped everything and we had a product in the hands of Ukrainians within six weeks, which is pretty amazing speed starting from scratch. Um, so we built a product that allows Ukrainians to learn English, Polish, and German or, or German, or they could learn all three, but that's rather a tall order. Um, <laughs> and, you know, many of our competitors went the other direction, you know, teaching people Ukrainian, but that's not helpful. I mean, it is, of course, helpful if you're going to the Ukraine supporting, but more to the point, there's, as we know, millions of refugees coming out of the country. And so our focus was on supporting them. Um, most the largest influx of refugees was to Poland. So the, the the offering of Polish makes sense. But of course, English is a universal language increasingly and uh, quite a bit of influx to German, to Germany as well. Um, not an easy language to pick up if you're a Ukrainian speaker, but <laughs> important and helpful. Um, so we, we brought that out to market, you know, as quickly as possible. And the, the response is incredible. I mean, it's close to half a million people learning on the platform right now, uh, Ukrainian speakers. So that's tremendous adoption. Um, and also you know, very empowering within the company as well to see us be able to make a difference in that many people's lives. Um, busy refugees are trying to remake their lives and yet almost half a million of them are taking the time to learn with Babel to, to, make, to help with their transition. So yeah, that's been a very um, rewarding project. And I like to take leaders like you and think about your own personal uh, experiences and how it's applicable to the company itself. And one of the things, you know, both of us coming from a sports background and an athletic background uh, seem to be routine oriented. And when I think of uh, language or mathematics, especially, I think how important it is, you know, I talk about two minutes a day is worth two hours on a Saturday. And I remember cramming uh, for my AP Spanish uh, exam and my mom said, you know, this is great, but you know, 15 minutes a day, David, uh, would have been much more valuable than what you're doing here over the weekend, uh, no matter how bright you think you are, or I think you are, because my mom thinks far too much of me, like most Jewish moms, but more importantly, uh, <laughs> routine has been an, a really important part of what I do and what I teach and empower other to do. Um, for you, how important is your routine and what advice do you have uh, for people about routine and how have you amplified that into the business? Uh, you are so right about, uh, your mom was so right <laughs> about <laughs> this topic. Thank you. Um, you know, we tell people all the time, like one lesson a day, do 15 minutes a day. You know, that's much better than cramming. Um, it's more effective. It's more pleasurable. Um, the people who are who advance the most is that's what they do and we it's so awesome to talk to our users about their habits actually you know so many um americans are using it on the go with the app but we do talk to people who say like oh no i come home and i go on my computer and i do that you know before bed or first thing in the morning like, it's really phenomenal to see that um many users in fact have this routine and we've built into the product reminders so that you can uh, I mean, of course, 
so that you can, to help you develop that habit. Um, as a general, to, to answer your general question, like on a personal level, I mean, so important. Um, I've actually, <laughs> I'm recovering from a broken leg right now. And um, cool. I've therefore lost my morning routine of exercise and I'm just losing my mind. I mean, I'm, just, I'm so out of sorts because of it. So I cannot wait to get back into that routine. And you normally but, row early in the morning. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah I couldn't imagine. I'm a 4 a.m. person and uh, I meditate for 20 minutes, get ready. And by 4.30, uh, I have my cardio balance, stretching and strength routines that vary by day, but seven days nice. a week. Um, and I couldn't imagine, I always am very careful now that I'm 55 years old. I couldn't, I, I know what that must do to you. Um, speaking of which though, too, exercise and um, being an athlete and surrounding yourself in athletics and sports for so long, um, we understand a general paradigm shift. Uh, a lot of people, they try to get more out of life. And uh, a lot of times we understand in sports and athletics, it's I am already, I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? Uh, and there's more of a diffusing or distressing type of practice uh, that's involved. I do, but before I forget as well, Here's a great line for your business. I, and because I think it's the only inhibitor. It's such a really empowering business and it's so valuable and important whether you use the web or the app. Uh, but I think about companies like yours that have made it so simple to have so much value, quantifiably, how much value. But I think of a great uh, lesson I learned the simple things to do or are unfortunately simple not to do. And I see Babel that they really address. I know this is simple, but we're going to really help to make sure that it's not simple not to do as well with the alerts and reminders and other things that you do. So when, when I was looking at it, I said, these people really get it to that nature too. identifying stress and de-stressing uh, is very important, especially when we get frustrated in learning um, to understand that mindset and heart set. Uh, that stops us and physical movement is one of those ways. What are some other ways that you de-stress people? Obviously, they're in stressful situations, refugees or it, their mm. jobs uh, may truly rely on the fact how quickly they can learn a language or they're getting married to someone. There's a variety of situations that can be very stressful and learning a language. Uh, if we can de-stress the situation, we can learn that language faster. What are some of those components beyond exercise, especially now that you have a broken leg that help de-stress situation? Well, I guess just thinking about the Babel product for a second, there's a there are a bunch of things we do to get at that very topic because it, you know, it really can be intimidating to learn a new language. Um, you know, to make your mouth try to form sounds that are not natural to it. To um, to tangle with grammar that so exceeds what your your na native tongue requires for grammar. There's just so many challenges along the way. And so um, we do a few things. One, at the end of every lesson, we have the most charming illustration and uh, an, you know, an at-a-girl type of a message. And, you know, it's funny, we didn't used to have that in the, in the, and we give that re, um, encouragement to you in your new language you know, not in your old language. So little things like that, just those little dopamine hits um, are very helpful. Um, but I think a key though, and if um, if our didactics folks were on the line, they would want me to uh, emphasize is this notion of the review manager where we're bringing your learnings back to you 
and reinforcing them. And we're paying attention to what you struggled with and that comes back, but we're not bludgeoning you with it. We're doing it in kind of a gentle way that you're ready for. And that is a very important part of the de-stressing. Like we actually say, if you only have a few minutes, do the review manager, don't try to take on new content review. Um, so that's huge. Um, I've one of the best reviews or comments that many of our, our learners will say about the teachers in Babel Live is that they're so encouraging. And I've been in those classes where, you know, it's so intimidating and you it's you can't possibly say that impossible word. And yet they they help you do it and they they make everyone in the class feel comfortable. Um, and yet learning. We learn better when we're comfortable. I mean, we need the moments of discomfort and challenge to push through. Yes. But day-to-day learning, you know, if you're feeling intimidated and overwhelmed, you don't learn best that way. Um, There's a lot of research around that. So lots of ways, big and small in the product that we build in that encouragement. But um, a lot of times it's implicit, not explicit, because it's the way we're structuring the learning that is reinforcing and supporting, they talk about uh, scaffolding in the learning. So we're not asking you just to climb straight up that cliff, but we're giving you a path and support going there. And the globalization of our economy and maybe our commerce and maybe even uh, our currency (laughs) uh, is going to lead to a necessity. Um, And you deal all the time with the differences between markets. And I always love to learn what people are either listening for or learning for. And Babel seems to have a keen eye or a perspective of what people are learning for or listening for. Can you share with us some of uh, that, that uh, th- those things that you've learned uh, at Babel about the globalization in different markets, maybe US to, to Europe or some other insights you can give us of trends or what people are listening or learning for? Sure. Just starting on the user side, you know, the motivations do tend to differ between the U.S. and Europe in particular. So U.S. users being interested in learning for, um, you know, self-fulfillment. I'm just, it's, there's never a bad reason to, to invest in yourself or to learn more, but also um, what I call like love, you know, family or relationships. There's a lot of people in this country, obviously marrying someone who speaks a different language, and that's a pretty big motivator. Um, and then for travel, you know, one of the biggest ways Americans can use a, a new language is by traveling to a country where it's spoken. And work, school, sure, they are motivators, but they're smaller. In Europe, that tends to be the biggest motivation. Um, there's still travel and all the rest of it, but but work learning is very important. I remember in the very beginning of the um, pandemic, I was still, I was responsible just for the U.S. business and uh, things had been going okay the the year prior, but I thought, okay, it's just, it's just going to go to zero because, you know, the, the most, the strongest converting reason when people say I'm learning for travel, they were the most likely to go ahead and, and purchase a subscription to get going. They had an immediate payback on their investment and I thought, and there obviously was no travel. So I thought, okay, it's, it's been great, but it's going to go to zero, you know, and actually it was the exact opposite, like massive boom. Um, and it turns out that people learned for different reasons because they had the time and they wanted to invest in themselves and they wanted to do something that made them feel better about themselves. Um, so that was an amazing learning that, you know, 
maybe it's not just the trip that's your motivation, but you just intrinsically are interested in learning. You know, you're a lifelong learner. And so that is a very cool thing. Um, very interesting process of starting up a U.S. arm of a European company. You know, um, we were wildly successful in Germany and in Europe before um, the U.S. Like household brand. I'm telling you, when you get in the taxi in Germany, they know Babel. Um, so we did not have that success in the U.S. at all. Uh, it was very challenging, and we and we and we started by taking everything we were doing in Germany and bringing it over. And that was a start, but it didn't work. Um, so we hired a US team and we did everything differently. We changed the messaging because the motivations are different. And we changed the media mix because the US is about five years ahead of Germany in terms of the media consumption trends. Um, and we changed you know, the pricing, just everything, and it worked. Um, and there was a period of time where there was a lot of annoyance from the colleagues in headquarters. Like, why do you guys do everything so differently? It's annoying, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's just, it's a different market, but it's also the crystal ball in many ways. You know, I remember going there pre pandemic. So maybe five years ago, four years and talking about TikTok, this phenomenon that was sweeping the country, you know, at, at that point already, I don't know, it was 50 million monthly users and, there were 4 million in Germany. And I said, like, it's coming. And of course it was, and it did. Um, so the, the U.S. media consumption tends to be a crystal ball, a, a predictor of the future in Germany and, and in Europe in general. You know, U UK being about halfway between us and Eastern Germany. So, sorry, Eastern Europe. So we found that we can often take the learnings in the U.S. and bring them to headquarters if only because we're seeing the future in a way. Um, so, but it's been a very interesting experience. There's more kind of, there's so many cultural shared experiences, but the it's hard to underestimate how different it is the way you do business there. Um, and it's been fun to learn about. One little known fact about Babel is we employ people from 70 countries. Wow. Um, and that that's on an employee base of 700. And uh, mostly in Germany, in Berlin, but that is exceptional. You know, I think I live in the melting pot of the melting pot here in New York City. Um, I don't work with seventy countries, people from seventy countries. That's amazing. So, That's awesome, amazing. awesome experience to be surrounded by that. Huge learnings built into it. Well, I know you and I both majored in English uh, in college, and. Uh, I also minored in history and my mom always said, well, at least you're going to learn the most important thing in your studies. And I think that's what Babel is learning uh, by studying English and history. We learn human nature and human nature never changes. And when you have 70 different countries represented, we really understand human nature and you can see into that crystal ball. And I was wondering why I was getting so many German people on my uh, podcast. So now I know they're finally catching up to the six years that I've been doing this <laughs> and over 1400 resumes this is perfect. Uh, but more importantly, Julie Hansen, thank you so much for uniting what I call the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought that exists in the world. And if we can't communicate within the context of that system of thought, we're going to have a lot of scarcity and I truly believe that Babel brings abundance to the world by allowing us to communicate effectively. 
Uh, and yes, the simple things to do, like learning through Babbel, are unfortunately simple not to do. So give them a chance to assist you in both of those pursuits. Julie Hansen, an incredible leader, an incredible entrepreneur, Chief Revenue Officer and US CEO at Babbel. Thanks for joining me on The Playbook.